I want to share you like this. The Gemara asks in Baba Kama Dav Tzadi Beis, asks the Gemara the following question. Rava says to Rabbi Barmari, I don't know if we ever learned this Gemara together. Maybe we did, yeah. Check this out. Rava says to Rabbi Barmari, Menahom Milsa, it became a new challenge this year. Every year you say, Musavad, every day Gishmak, I have a lot to say for my Rebbe. Musavad is easy every year. I say of my Rebbe, I have Baruch Hashem. A lot, of, my Rebbe's taught me the world, and I feel to say 200 Vad and 250, I have more things to say for my Rebbe. This year is like the, the most challenging of all the years. Yaakov's here knows all the stuff I have for my Rebbe. So now I'm like, now it's already a different challenge. Okay. Says the Gemara Tzadi Beis in Baba Kama. Amalei Rabba le Rabba Barmari. Rabba says to Rabba Barmari, Minoha Milsa Damri Inshi. Where is the source in the Torah? Minoha Milsa David. Where do we know this Tavar Chachma? This intelligent thing that people say, where do you know it from? Basara Niya Azla Aniyusa. After poorness goes poverty. After the poor man, the poor get poorer. You ever heard the expression, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? So says Rava to Rabbi Barmari, where do we know in the Torah this expression? Yisrael, I was once, I was once in my house and there were three girls who had gone, to, who, who were not yet from, and they, had, they were in college, they were college girls and they were studying psychology. And my father told them, I remember at the table he said, I challenge you. Anything good in psychology, anything, I will show you where it is in Shas. My father says everything's in Shas. If we say anything in the house, what's the source in Shas? What's, what does the Gemara say? And then he thinks about it and tells us what the Gemara says on any topic in the world. So the girls, my father challenged them in front of everybody at the table, tell me any principle in psychology. If it's stupid, I won't have a source of it. But if we all agree that it's intelligent, there's some stuff, it's time, I don't agree, it's smart. If anything you tell me that we'll all first talk, does it make sense? If it makes sense, I will show you in Shas where the source is. They said a rule, I remember the rule they said, they said a certain principle in psychology, and my father told them where it is in the Gemara exact, not a stretch, not something acute, he told them where it is in Shas, the rule they said. I remember the rule, it wasn't a stretch, it was exact. He said if there's anything smart, it's in this entire, which is the premise of this Gemara. People had this wise, intelligent, there's a wise statement. What did he say? You don't have to tell us what it is. <laughs> <laughs> <You're not wondering laughs> <at all>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a whole separate discussion with Kuz. It would be too distracting. But this thing, I know what I'm telling you now, I didn't say it. But then I, I know what I, this guy quoted some else about this Gemara. I'm going to tell you something different. Says this Gemara, says this Gemara, after, the, after the, the poor get poor and the rich get richer, where is the source? Before we even get Yisrael to the Gemara's answer, the premise is that if it's a Dvar Chachma that makes sense, there is a source. In the Torah, all Chachmas in the Torah. All the Chachmas come from the Torah. So if there's a Chachma in there, where's the source? The premise of this Gemara is there is a source in Torah. So where do you know this intelligent thing? People say the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Where do we know it in the Torah? Says the Gemara, Amalei the Tanan. It's a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Ashirim mevim bikurim shalzav. Rich people bring bikurim. Shavuos time, when you're bringing the first bikurim, rich people bring golden baskets, v'shal chesev, and silver. 
Poor people bring these wicker baskets, Mezi, that are, that are made from, from Arava, that's woven Aravas. So rich people have beautiful, fancy baskets, and the poor guys have junky baskets they made. Says the Mishnah, By the rich people, then, they get their baskets back. The rich get richer. They give a rich, they come in a fancy basket, they get it back. The poor guy, the Kayanim keep the basket. So the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. That's the Mishnah, the source. I spoke about this Mishnah in terms of a whole different conversation that I'm not speaking about right now, this Mishnah. But Aryeh correctly said that this summer we spoke about this Mishnah, a totally different topic. What I want to speak today is about this expression, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. This idea that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And I want to speak about it in the following terms about the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I want to describe, Rabbi say, I want to describe two human beings. I want everybody to visualize this and talk about an Avoida Aiki. This one, you have to take a code for this one. Vaday, no codes for this one. Thanks a lot, Aikila. There's a no code word. It's too important. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Able of this one, no coat for this one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Also, El, you put the stender on the floor so I can see who's behind the stender. Ah, put the C Ames. Thanks a million, Els. Are you we're talking about the expression that the Gemara says based on a Mishnah? Yisrael, I want you to hear this expression. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Watch this. Daniel, watch this. Let's look at Gershi. I want you to listen to this. And Mezi, I want you to hear this. You ready, Mez? Come close. Come close. <laughs> David, listen to this expression. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Picture Daniel, a youngster. A youngster. And this youngster, this youngster, Ike, we're going to look at it. We're going to look at emotional gains as wealth, as money, and emotional losses as loss of money. We're going to look in terms of money to this youngster. Take a two-year-old. Every time his mother gives him a hug, or his father gives him a hug, or his father gives him a compliment, or his father just emotionally supports him, is money in his bank account. Every time that he gets made fun of, doesn't get the emotional support, the attention, the recognition, every time he tries to talk to dad and dad is just focused on his phone and busy elsewhere, is a withdrawal of money, A.B. Let's look at two kids are sitting in a classroom. They are in first grade. One is a wealthy child who's gotten a lot of deposits to his bank account. He's gotten a lot of hugs, attention, a lot of good focus, a lot of the emotional support he needs. He's a rich kid. And look at his second child who's gotten a lot of withdrawals and very little deposits in his account. They're both sitting in a first grade classroom and the Rebbe, the Rebbe, he has a question to the class and he asks a question. And the rich kid and the poor kid are both sitting there and they both think they know the answer. 
I think I think there's the answer. You know, in first grade, answering the Rebbe's question is everything. That's your life. That's huge. Did you get it or not? I, I, I think they're both like nervously chewing their finger. I think I know the answer. The rich kid raises his hand because if he gets it wrong, it's a tremendous withdrawal. You're in front of 25 kids in first grade. To get the answer wrong is like devastation. You, you blurt out, hey, Yaakov Avinu. The Rebbe smiles. That's a very good try. And the, he's broken. And that's a big withdrawal. The rich kid has millions of dollars. He can afford that withdrawal. If he gets it wrong, he, he knows it intuitively. He knows it subconsciously. He knows if I get it wrong, he could just afford what he has a lot of money. He feels good. He's emotionally rich. He gets it wrong, he can afford the withdrawal. The poor kid doesn't have a lot of reserves. Getting it wrong, he, does, he can't afford that type of loss of money. He's very poor. The poor kid will tend not to say the answer. I, uh, okay. He doesn't say it. He's not rich enough to have such a withdrawal. The rich kid, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. The rich kid says, Yaakov Avinu! Rebbe says, Yossi, Givaldig, ding, 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 more money in his bank account. More money, got it right. The rich gets richer. The poor guy, not only did he not get money, it's another little withdrawal. I knew the answer. I know. You always do that, he says to himself. He doesn't even know why. He says to himself, you just don't answer. Look, you, you could have had that covered. You didn't get that covered. It's another withdrawal. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. There are countless examples of this, of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. In this emotional scorecard, there are countless examples. That's but one example that form people's essence, that form us over the years. The more you get in your bank account, the more that you get, simply, very, very simply, the more you get into your bank account, the richer you are, the more you can gamble, the more you can invest, you can afford losses. The rich get richer, very, very simply. We had a big election in America. People were very impressed. Some guy's rich. Oh my goodness, he's rich. That means, woo. And then other people countering. It wasn't they countered that being rich is not amazing. Being rich definitely says a lot, but you're only rich because you started rich, like a whole debate, because the rich get richer. Okay, you're rich because you had a lot to invest. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Our job, Rabbi says, is to make people rich. I told you before about a meeting Rabbi Yisrael Salanter had with his Talmidim. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter had a meeting with the Talmidim and he said, I'm nervous about you guys. It's a letter in Ar Yisrael. I'm presenting it the way I'm presenting. I'm paraphrasing, but this is how it went. He said, I am nervous about you guys. He taught his shir, his talmidim, to run away from honor. They ran away from covered. He actually taught his shir to run away from covered. Not to be people who seek honor. One day he says, I'm nervous about you guys. You all run away from honor. Are you going to understand when it comes to the next guy to fill him with honor? Everything you were taught to devalue, but for him you have to value. I taught you to run away from Gashmias, not to seek luxuries and extras. But when it comes to him, you have to make sure, not just to get a steak, get him the best grilled steak and the best for him, what I taught you for yourself, but it's different with your anhaga to him. But the nakuda of filling others with kavod, 
I want to make a revolution, guys. There's a revolution that I'm interested in creating. It's a revolution of honor. When people, I want the association, people with this yeshiva, this beautiful makamtar, what's the secret here? What's here? A cousin of mine whose child just joined the yeshiva. So she asked her son, she told me last night at a family simcha, she said, you're happy, you're doing well, what's, what, what's happening, what's there? So he said, mom, it's a place of growth. It's a place of growth. It's a pla- that's what she said, mom, it's a place of growth. That's a good update, Shalia. I want part of what, what, what is here, it's the last, from the last fortresses of honor, people, a yid is respected, covered. <clears throat> The honor of a yid to give covered liberally to another yid, real, not fake, not fake in a real way, a person's honored, and a person gets the honor he deserves. A ben Hashem, a yid, a ben Avram, a yid deserves respect, tremendous respect. Your job is to make people, to make people rich. There are people whose language is daggers everywhere. Wherever they go, they harm people. I knew a yid, he was a rebbe. A well-meaning person, and but he's, he's, his language is very sarcastic. Sarcastic is a biting type of speech. A very, very biting type of speech. He has corpses. Rabin Chalolim, he leaves corpses everywhere he goes. Yesh Boita, there are people whose speech is Kimad It's like the stabbing of swords. We had a guy in Yeshiva years ago, a guy in the base Medrash. And his father was a world-renowned mechanic. And the guy struggled mightily, and I always wondered why his son struggled so. Now it's possible. Could be a big mechanic and his son struggles. But I always wondered, it was like a chedesh. When I met the father in one conversation, he was sarcastic repeatedly. I had no questions left. I had no questions. It's not a question. His language was a biting language. Sarcasm is the lowest form of speech. It's very, it's dangerous. I consider sarcasm... extremely dangerous, you're much sharper than you want to be. If your kid said something, it's much better to say to him, that was dumb, than to say smart, eh? That was smart. Sarcasm's much more biting than you think. You say what I, what I said? It's a, it's a biting, very ugly type of speech. Yesh baita, their people's expression, is kemad they're like swords. Don't speak biting. Make sure your language. Work on yourself. And ask yourself, is my language healing or my language biting? Shloim HaMelech says, The language of wise people is healing. Now it's dangerous, because I'm not asking you to copy anybody's speech. Be true to yourself. You're allowed to have a personality. You have to have a personality. And you have to have your way. Don't imitate another's speech. But whatever your speech is, make sure it's a healing speech. The language of wise people is curing, is healing. Wherever you go, just by accident, you're curing people. You walk out of a taxi, he's better off. You think Alan, the, the guy who cleans here for us, who we're appreciative that he cleans, he talks to you, he should be better off. He talks to you. Don't humor a human being. That's equal. I, I equally despise sarcasm to humoring. You know what humoring a guy is? Like you think you're so precious and low him, and you humor the guy. Hey, Alan, how's it going? <laughs> what are you humoring? He's a person. Don't humor anybody. He works for us. Don't humor anybody. He's a man 
who's dedicated to helping you. What are you humoring him for? Speak to a person man to man with respect. Don't humor anybody. Don't speak sarcastically. Learn to develop a language that's healing, that's building. Learn to make people rich. When you finish talking to somebody, they're rich or not poor. Don't be a person wherever you go, you're doing withdrawals. You're constantly taking from people's bank account. When they're done talking to you, they're a little poor. Stop that. Be, that's a person who's yesh, boitke, kematkar, ischerev. They're people who's bitu, his expression, are like swords. Wherever they go, people walk out poor. The guy walks in a room. If people had a certain amount of money, when he leaves, everybody in the room's poor. Everybody, all of a sudden, like the room's impoverished. Everybody, you know, like a pickpocket. A pickpocket, he leaves the room. Everybody, it's funny, there's a, there was a Lubavitch Yid, Rev Fuderpasa. Rev, Rev, um, Rev Dun Segel as a Messiah for his Talmudim, that if you think of a story in the middle of a schmooze, it could have no shaykhs to anything you have to say it. It's Rev Dun Segel's. It has no shaykhs. If you ever hear a speech from Rev Dun Segel Talmud, in the middle of a speech, they'll say a story. You're like, but that's the Messiah. You have a story. Hashem put in, yeah, you have to say it. No, I so I, I'm not a Talmud. I'm not right to be a Talmud. <laughs> but Rev Fuderpa. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Lubavitch Chos in Fudapas. Rev Fudapas's ankle was in Waterbury. He was a tzaddik, he was a huge tzaddik, this Rev Fudapas. The things he did in Russia, he was fearless, Laman Hashem. He literally gave up his life, Laman Hashem, Rev Fudapas. And this Yid was in jail in Siberia. He was put in jail like a crazy Russian. I think maybe it was even the Gulag. He was put in some sugar, a crazy Russian jail. And he said, he said, it just reminds you of pickpocketing with a person who's making withdrawals from others. He said, there's a, the, my, a true story, I read in the family, they put out a safer about a lot of his stories and other people in the family's stories of amazing stories in Russia, how they stood up, Laman Hashem, they didn't bend an inch on any mitzvahs. So I read this book, in this book had this story that reminded me of a pickpocket that this, this Refutipas was in jail, and it's, he, was, he was the rabbi, he was like the frummy, and the people in jail were like lowly criminals. The bottom line is the prisoners were once playing cards. They weren't allowed to play cards, and they were playing cards. That was like huge. You played cards. I don't know what time of day it was. There was a certain time they weren't allowed to play any games, and they were playing cards. And the guard comes in, he says, We are cards here! So the, 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 the guy puts the cards in his pocket and they all stand up. And then the guard says, I'm searching on the guy who has the cards. They're going to shoot his brains in. The guy who has the cards is probably not living to see the next day. He lines up all the prisoners against the wall. And Refutipas, it wasn't part of the card game at all. He was just why He's like the, the frummy rabbi. So he's lines against the wall. And he's like, okay, and we're going to lose another prisoner tonight. And they check every one of the prisoners and there's no cards. Cards aren't there. So the, the guard, he checked it all lined against. So Fudapas said, he checked his pockets, no cards, next, next, next. They heard like noise, they figured it was a card game. And he saw them playing cards. There are no cards at all. The, the guard leaves, and then one of the guys pulls the cards, and they continue the card game. 
So your food pass says, you know, I'm not going to tell on you. I'm just very curious what I just saw. The guy checked all of our pockets. We, our hands were against the wall. He felt us head to toe. You didn't have cards. So the guy started laughing. The guy said that I'm here because I'm a pickpocket. He said, when the guy came to check us, I put the cards in his pocket. And then when he left, I took him back. <laughs> <laughs> he learned the whole muster from this, that the, the, the guard was checking all of them, they were in his pocket. While he was checking all the prisoners, the cards were in his pocket. He would learn things like, call a place of when you're checking Yenim for the cards, the cards were in his own pocket. <laughs> he said the guard was, he was in his pocket, the cards, and then when he left, he took him back. That's what the guy said. <laughs> but what bottom line is, when you leave, don't rob people of their honor. Don't be a pickpocket who takes away from every single person. Don't leave people poor in your wake. Our job is to enrich people. The relationship, your friends are richer for being friends with you. Just the respect, and the way you make somebody rich is by respect, honor. Real honor, really respecting, appreciating. The Rambam has two examples of Ahafid Reach HaKamaycha. He gives two examples of that important mitzvah of loving another human being. He says to be chas you talk about pickpocketing, he says not to steal from him, have pity on his money. Be, not just not to steal, be chas on mom in Yisrael, have pity on the other guy's money. Don't touch your roommate's snacks. The Rambam, two examples. Don't touch his snacks. Don't borrow from him unless you pay him back. Be careful. Be careful with his bed. Don't put your feet on his bed. Don't hurt his stuff. Be chas on his money. You see his sock lying around, put it back where it needs to be put. Be chas al momen Have pity on the moment of your friend. It upsets me when guys leave after his man, they leave clothing. Where's your achmanas on your parents' money? Have pity on your parents' money. That's one example the Rambam says. And the second thing is he says to praise people. Learn to praise people, not fake praise. You're amazing. That's, that's cheap. Talking about real stuff, to praise people. Real. To learn to praise people. Comfortably and real. Liberally. Give a praise to a person. You meet your friend's parents. You meet your friend's parents. Why? Praise to a guy is nice. Yisrael, I have a funny question for you. Daniel, listen to this question. Who is the first one who was told that we're the children of Hashem? Klai Yisrael, we have amazing stature in the world with the banim to Hashem. Daniel Klein, who was the first one who was told this amazing thing that we are the children of Hashem? I once said we are the children of Hashem in a speech. It, it was a convention, I said, and a yeshiva guy came up to me, and he said, you sound like a Christian. I said, whoa. He said, you call us the children of Hashem. I never heard anybody talk that way. I said, do you read the Bible? <laughs> I said, do you read Chumash? <laughs> we went to Reb Shmuel. Reb Shmuel was there. Reb Shmuel was there. Reb Shmuel was there. Reb Shmuel said, the children of Hashem, of course he's supposed to say that. Reb Shmuel didn't know, what, what, are you, what are you saying not to say? Just tell me. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. He didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't like, I don't know. I don't know. Until today, I'm not clear. Anyway. Kitzur Advarim Chevra. Who was the first one who was told this, Daniel? Who do you think it was told to? Who would you guess? I would think it was told to us. Shouldn't we be the one to be told that we're the children? That's not who is the first person Yakino was told to? I'll have a bigger operational bank account. 
Yaakov said, Dad, you didn't make me rich enough to say the answer. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> what do you think, Yaakov? Who do you think will be the first one to be told? You want to hear something fascinating, Yak? Paroi was the first one we told. I'll tell you why I think that's significant. By the way, Paroi was told, these are my children you're messing with. The reason I'm fascinated is, as a parent... Oh, very good. You got it right. Yaakov got it right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, what's, what's that Johnny Menzel's money sign? Are you starting to go? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's funny. Every time a guy gets covered in yeshiva, the whole yeshiva. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. The kids at Varm is, ding, ding. The kids at Varm is like this, guys. That fascinatingly, David, Daniel, the first one who was told... That Avram, that, that with the children of Hashem is Parai. I'll tell you why that's amazing. More important than praising your kids to your kids is praising your kids to others. others. To your, your kid, you praise your kid to him, okay, dad, yeah, yeah. How about when the kid, and don't, if you do it on purpose, your kids know your deepest thoughts. Won't work. But you really hold this. I once told the Rebbe this. I said, you praise the Talmud and you say, you're such a nice boy, but you don't believe it. The only way you're, you, you'll, your Talmud will be impacted, I told the Rebbe this, is if when you're alone in Honolulu on vacation with your wife, you praise the kids, you praise the Bachram. What do you say when you're alone on vacation? There are three people, one who doesn't talk about the Bachram, they're not on his mind. One who doesn't praise, one who praises. My wife, when we got married, used to say to me, my father talks about the bal- each balabas like they're the God Ladur. Who, who are these people? They're not even in the house. They're not there. Because he has respect for them. He's mechabed them. He's mechabed them real. The goal, it's fascinating to me, much better than ever praising your kid. It's one day your kid is somewhere they don't expect they don't, you're not expecting, and they hear you talking to the neighbor, and you're praising them. But not manipulate. When it's a manipulated, kids see right through. No tricks work. I take pride at the PTA, so the rebellion meet with the parents. I ask the Bachram to come. Come, sit in, because there are no tricks. There are no tricks. I like when the Bachram sit in on the meetings. The Bema told there are no tricks. Tricks don't work. Tricks are for kids. Tricks don't work. <laughs> no, tri- <laughs> no tricks work. If it's fake, if it's manipulative, it won't work. If you hold them, if you're mechabit ill. It's fascinating to me that the first one Hashem said that we're the children of Hashem wasn't to us, it's to Parai. Somebody else was told about who we are, certainly to tell us also, but tell others about it. Daniel said, the Rambam's two examples of and praise another person. To value and respect and praise and speak positive about another person. That's your chiv, that's your obligation, but real stuff. To see mindless in another person. See them as an impressive person. Their bachram and yeshiva, people have an instinct to protect their sister, to protect the relative. And guys want to protect, it's an instinct, a very impressive instinct. Oh, if a boy's talking to a guy's sister, ooh, he's, everybody becomes Ellie David and it's like a tiger. <laughs> everybody, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, a guy is like Mike Tyson, a guy starting up, a guy's messing with his sister. It's very nice, it's very nice that you're there for a family member. But I want to say something harsh. I want to say something harsh. I want to say that if you would just praise her, you wouldn't have to have all this false bravado. All this, all this, oh, I'm, you're protecting, so why don't you give her a compliment? You're bored one afternoon, why don't you take your sister for a walk? And make her feel like a million bucks. It's very nice that you have a whole, this whole macho thing, but you're not, why don't you really help her in a deep way? You can't stop, so you, so you stop this guy, you happen to know. What about the hundreds of us you don't know? If you gave her chizuk and made her richer, she would have the richness to be able to say no when somebody offered a compliment that she shouldn't take. But you didn't make her rich. If you would call her and, and from yeshiva give her a call, say, how are you doing? How's it going, sis? What's going on? You'd make her rich. You'd be protecting her much more profoundly and deeply. It's a very nice, all the bravado, but why not really enrich and really do something real? If you wanted to do something real, you'd call her more often, you'd schmooze with her, you'd share with her, you'd ask advice even from her. You'd be in touch and be mechazik, I guarantee you do much more. A sister whose brother likes her and is always giving her attention doesn't need it from places she shouldn't be getting it. But that's making somebody rich. To pay attention, you go to a, your friend's house, the little, the brother of your friend, why not give him some real attention instead of shooing him away? Your own brother, your friends come. Why do you shoo away your own brother? Look him in the face and introduce him to your friends proudly. Say he's four, he's supposed to be four. Say he's annoying, a four-year-old who's not annoying is not four. He's supposed to be that way. Give him chizuk and encouragement. Make people rich. That's what I, that's, in a world, Rabbi say, that you're in, a world of honor, of real covet, of real respect. I, I feel this, if I had to define Whataburger, it's one of the places on earth that a Yid is respected maybe more than any other place in the world, maybe. It's a bastion of covet. But I say to you, I say to you, if you just leave it here, you don't get it. There's nothing, I don't like the word, the word Whataburger is a dirty word. It's not, well, Yidin, bring it elsewhere, bring it everywhere. There's no, it's not, it's not supposed to be relegated to one place. Bring it to your family. Bring it to your community. Bring it to your city. Covet, honor. Make people rich. People for dealing with you, for being around you, should walk out richer. Everybody who deals with you should be a richer man. After they're done with you, it's just, it's just they become richer. People will want to hang out with you. They can't even express it. They're just the richer for it. I could tell you why do people like hanging out with Ray Wisniki? Because you're rich. I want you to hear this. There's a yid. One more thing. I apologize. I asked him one more thing. There's a yid. There's a yid my, I introduced to my kids. His name is Rabbi Yamin Finkel. People call him Rabbi Yamin Atzadik. When you walk away from him, you are a richer man. I'll tell you something funny, Shui. You ever met a person who makes you smile? He's just so nice, so warm. You smile. There's people like that out there in the world. He's one of the only people in the world. Check this out if you ever met a person like this. When you speak to Rabbi Yamin Tzadik, like many people, you smile. There are a lot of people who are so gishmak, they cause you to, they just make you happy. Rabbi Yamin Tzadik makes you so happy. When you walk away, you're outside, you're still like Italy. <laughs> like this, all of a sudden you find you're laughing. People leave him, they're outside, they're laughing. <laughs> just, he makes you rich. 
when I met him, my kids were with me. It, they, was that like your best friend? We was we learned like we learned in the mirror. You picture we learned in the mirror yeshiva together. I was a little bug, and this was a tzaddik everybody in the mirror looks up to. To my kids, after they came, we met him, it was like we were best friends. We probably, like, pushed we learned together for ten years. I was zeichet to once in a while look at his holy face. But he's such an oyed Yisrael, such a person who enriches others, who makes people rich by respecting, by appreciating, by valuing, when you finish talking, you're a richer man. A guy wins the lottery, you're not just smiling. One of the rare people, I've only seen about four or five such people in my life. Reb Nassim Svi Finkel had such a kayak. When you walked away, you were still smiling. Not when you were facing, when you walked away, you were still smiling. Reb Yaman Atzadik is one of the few people on this planet that was like that. We know somebody like that. When you walked away, he <laughs> always puts a smile on <laughs> So Rabbi said, that's what I wanted to speak before we sing. I wanted to give this message. And I say to everybody here, be a person who enriches. Be a person your own family. Start with your own siblings, your parents. People who deal with you, Mayor, should be richer. That's, that's our job, to be people who make others rich. Ellie, you hear the mandate? Ellie, the mandate? Daniel? Maskin? Yisrael, we're going to sing the first Varma song. Guys, you always want to be, you always want to. Is he the best athlete in yeshiva? Is that the consensus? Pure athlete. A, B, name me a guy who's pure, minus yourself. This side of A, B. Name me another guy, a pure athlete, who's more athletic than Shui Klein. Yeah, Shui. No, real. Ellie, give me a guy. Give me a guy up there. In the discussion. Give me a guy, pure athletic. Jumps. What? No, no, in the yeshiva. In the yeshiva. In the yeshiva. David Reiser. David, in the yeshiva, pure athlete. Another guy in the, in the conversation. Give one, give one. What? No one's better than Shui. Another athlete in Shui's league. Just pure athletic. Yaakov, another one. Give me a name. David, give me a name. Pure athletic. Hell yeah. I'll give you a good question. It's Waterbury trivia. In Waterbury history, who was a guy like athletic like this? No, no, no. no. I'm not talking about a basketball player. Purely just athletic gymnastics. Somebody who's just an athlete can jump, run, flip. That's a good call. Good call. Good call. Good call. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to give him the answer. Yes. What is? What? Who would you say? Okay, Rabbi say, you never want to be the Rebbe. Guys, you don't want to be the Rebbe. Like, four days into Hanukkah, you bring donuts. Because by four days into Hanukkah, a guy like sees another donut, he's going <laughs> to... Guys, the Rebbe comes in four days into Hanukkah. You've had like 16 donuts that day already. 
And a Rebbe like innocently has been on vacation and comes in with a thing of donuts, like, you're just looking at them, makes you nauseous. So to sing Chasoyv Zuraya too late in Tchanaka, this tune, guys are already used to it. I want to get it in quickly before you're tired of the song. So let's sing it to Waterbury Niggin. The tune was composed by Rebaruch Levine. The words are precious words for Mois Sur. So let's sing Chasoy Zuraya, Rabbi Say. Arya, if you could start us off. So... <laughs>